Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I'm Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. I'm still a little croupy, still got that cold. You know, I've heard people say they've had it for five and six weeks, and I'm thinking, holy cow, I'm only in week two. Um, But hopefully we'll make it through without anything disastrous happening. But I do sound a little bit different for the people who are used to me. Um, But today we're going to have so much fun, and we're talking about a topic that for some reason for this month seems to be the hot topic. We've, we've talked about it with at least one guest, maybe more than that. Um, and that's the valuation of businesses and buying and selling your business or another business. It's a very cool topic. It's very interesting to me. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're talking about this so much. And so please join me in welcoming today's guest, Terry Lammers, to our program today. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you. So Terry Lammers is a certified valuation analyst and co-founder, managing member of Innovative Business Advisors. He was president and owner of Tri-County Petroleum for more than 20 years before joining Regions Bank as VP of Commercial Banking after selling his business in 2010. Armed with vast financial expertise and decades of truly hands-on business leadership, Terry now works with his team at Innovative Business Advisors to guide current business owners looking to sell their enterprises as well as prospective buyers. Terry's new book, You Don't Know What You Don't Know, is an in-depth examination of the process of buying, growing, and eventually selling a business. With Terry's guidance, both current and aspiring business owners are sure to walk away with a wealth of knowledge and advice to lead them down the path to business success in every stage. So again, Terry, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Who's that guy you was just talking about? I know. Don't we love it when our bios are read? We always sound so fantastic. But of course, they're true. We're not exaggerating. Um, you know, but it is, it's always kind of fun when we hear our own bios. Yeah, no, it is all true. So it's been a, a long journey. So yep. enjoy helping people and passionate about doing it. Well, Take us along that journey. How is it that you decided, because you have kind of gone through several different career iterations, maybe is the, the way to say it. How did you get to where you are in this passion you have today? Well, um, so the, the oil company was a family business. So I grew up in, you know, with that family business mm-hmm. and uh, driving gas trucks when I was 12 years old already. Uh, but um I worked away from the company for a little bit and then I came back and things, things weren't so cherry when I came back to the family business. It was uh, just me, my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And I jokingly say that we had two trucks and it was a good day if they both started. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is the thing with family businesses, right? Yeah. So, but and you know, there's a story behind how I got to that point, but um, before I came back to the company, I was working at another bank and, Mm -hmm. uh, mercantile bank and credit card finance. Mm-hmm. So I learned a ton of information from them on, we was in 
I was in their finance department and there was three of us that um, did the, did the finances for uh, the financial reporting for a $500 million credit card portfolio. So that was good experience. Mm-hmm. So when I came back to the company, we had the opportunity to buy another company and I knew by doing that, that would put us back in the black. So mm-hmm. um, I helped facilitate that deal. And that did get us back into black and kind of started the ball rolling. And over the course of the next 20 years, had the opportunity to buy 11 companies in total, which grew us from $750,000 a year to $42 million. Ooh, I bet your parents were happy. What's that? I bet your parents were happy with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it it, it was a wild ride. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's even a story behind that in 2006. Uh, you talk about the five D's, you know, of business, you know, death, disability, divorce. Um, in 2006, my dad had a heart attack and had to leave the business. And that was really what kind of led to me selling the business in 2010 after he left. It just, you know, he survived, thankfully, but good, good, good. It, didn't, it just didn't have the same, you know, gumption for it anymore. Right. So, and I had, the, I had the company valued because I had no idea what it was worth. Right my valuation analyst and uh, ended up selling the company to Growmark, which mm. is based out of Bloomington, Illinois. They're a mm-hmm. $6 billion agronomy company. Mm. And after that, I had to work for them for six months and then I was done. So I sat around the house for three months mm-hmm. watching the Today Show in the morning and the price is right at noon and Oprah mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And after about three months, my wife's like, you're going to get a job. Done. You're done. <laughs> so, apparently my mer- my uh, house is a marital asset that I'm not allowed to be at during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got a call from Regions Bank and they mm-hmm. wanted me to do banking. Mm-hmm. And I was always kind of a finance guy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? That's interesting. And I'd obviously done a, a ton of banking with buying the companies that we bought. I had a $4 mm-hmm. million dollar line of credit because we had $3 million in accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I had, I got to work close in town. It was, it was all good. So mm-hmm. went to Regions Bank and, you know, Regions is a big bank and they're a good bank. So there's, I'm not saying nothing bad about them, but uh, it was very they're interesting. They're a big bank. Yeah, they are. So everything's got to fit in the box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which was a little bit outside of my style, but it it was very interesting to see how they look at things, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side of the fence right. from what I was right. looking at. Because mm-hmm. even as a business owner at the time, you know, you're, you're taught about cash flow and you had mm-hmm. depreciation back and amortization. But in the back of your mind, you're like, well, are they really are they really looking at cash flow? Or are they really looking at net income? Mm-hmm. And then it was just really neat to see, you know, the, the bring somebody through a loan process and, and listen to what the underwriters are talking about. And, you know, from a business owner, all these quirky rules that you got to do, mm-hmm. you know, for the bank, it's like, mm-hmm. well, there's reasons for oh, that. That's why. Yeah. Hmm. They, they've got stories about how they've lost money because mm-hmm. somebody built a building on, on the other side of the property line, you know, mm-hmm. and just crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, but after three and a half years, I kind of got my entrepreneurial spirit back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it also gives you time to reflect and, you know, it's, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And mm-hmm. what did I enjoy doing? Well, mm-hmm. I enjoyed buying companies. Hmm. So in 2014, um, my first partner and I started Innovative, mm-hmm. and we basic. I went and got my CBA designation because mm-hmm. that's how I sold my business, right? I had it right. valued, so I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's a national designation mm-hmm. through NACLA, the National Association of Certified Valuation Analysts. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so, Innovative does three things: we help people buy and sell companies, mm-hmm. 
uh, our target customers are people that have a company with a value between one and 20 million. Uh, I am CDA, so we do a lot of business valuations. Mm -hmm. And then we have a coaching platform that we call CEO2, the number two CEO. Mm -hmm. So chief everything officer to chief executive officer. Oh, okay. And what we do with that coaching program is it's not exit planning, but it's teaching clients the true value of their Mm -hmm. business. Right how to grow value in it and getting them to understand their financial statements. Mm-hmm. It completely amazes me how I can, I can, I mean, I run into people that run pretty big companies and they know nothing about their financial statements. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, know, somebody that, else is dealing with that. Yeah, exactly. So we make sure that they're legible and, and you know, uh, we call them smart, you know, that, that you can read them. So it's amazing the number of times that we've had a CPA fired because they're doing a terrible job mm-hmm. or a bookkeeper and get them a CPA. Right. So uh, my big thing is to put the income statement into a trend. So a, mm-hmm. a monthly trend. Mm-hmm. What I don't like about regular financial statements is you see what you did this month and what you did last year, this month, right. or what you did January through mm-hmm. October and last year, January mm-hmm. through October. Mm-hmm. I like to put it in a 12 month trend. Mm-hmm. Right. especially if you're like a cyclical business or yeah, yeah. so you mm-hmm. can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that with the income statement, the balance sheet, and then I create them a ratio analysis page. Mm-hmm. So we, we take like 10 key financial ratios, like your current ratio and receivable days, payable days, inventory days. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really teach them on. And, you know, if you, you can teach somebody what 10 ratios are. Mm-hmm. And if they pay attention to those ratios on a monthly basis, they'll have a good feel for what their company is. Mm-hmm. Then another big thing going back to banks is teaching them about their bankability. Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. bankable are you? Mm-hmm. Cause you're going right. to grow the value of your business. Most business owners are going to have to do it through financing. Mm-hmm. And I run into a lot of people. I, I think it's kind of the old school, you know, ah, know I know that banker he ain't worth a hoot and you know mm-hmm. blah blah blah, yep. blah but at the end of the day it's because you're not a bankable person mm-hmm. you know you maybe get too much debt but mm-hmm. so we help them create a debt schedule and teach them mm-hmm. about their debt service coverage ratio and you know just the basics of lending because when you get when you get to its simplest form there's two sides to every loan cash flow and collateral mm-hmm. so um that's a process getting them to do that. And then the final thing is teaching them about the non-financial things that can really affect the value of their mm-hmm. business, or even if it's sellable. Um, I mean, I have a company right now that we're trying to sell and the owner is very involved in the company. Mm-hmm. And in this particular industry, there's a shortage of workers. So I am having a very difficult time to find somebody that wants to buy that company and they already have employees that can absorb as customers. Mm -hmm. So what happens a lot of times with these non-financial things in a company is it's not that it lowers the value of your company, say from like a million dollars to $800,000. It makes the company completely unsellable. Right. You know, so those things are very important. Mm -hmm. So it's just that whole genre and through the process we don't do a formal valuation, but they get a good understanding of what mm-hmm. their value of their company is. And that is, you know, if I had to leave your listeners with one thing through this whole hour uh, interview or podcast is whether you plan on retiring in eight years or three months, you need a realistic idea of what your company's worth. Mm-hmm. Because in the book, 
I talk about building your teams, Mm -hmm. you know, so you need to know who's your banker, who's your attorney, who's your CPA, who's your finance guy. Well, once you know the value of your company, you need to go to your finance guy Mm -hmm. because he's probably the one helping you set up your retirement and give him that realistic number. Mm -hmm. What's really sad is when we have a lot of people that come to us, this person, company I told you about in particular, literally came to me. They had a crash and burn trying to sell the company to a family member Ooh, and said, it's probably never a good idea, especially on your own. <clears throat> Might work if you have a third party involved, but <laughs> it's a classic case study. Let me tell you. So they tried to sell to a family member. Mm-hmm. They had a valuation from mm-hmm. a large CPA firm, mm-hmm. from a CPA. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but it was way, the company was way overvalued. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't go through. It wasn't a bankable deal. Right. Come to me and said, if I don't sell the business in three months, I want to close it down. Oh, ah, oh. That? well, that's painful. That's And that's just a little bit of pressure on you. Sure. And you're leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. I mean, right. that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so valuation is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. When we actually trademark the, the, the term bankability method. Mm-hmm. So when you're valuing a company, there's three approaches mm-hmm. to valuing a company, and then there's different methods under mm-hmm. each approach. So there's the asset approach, which typically is only used when the company's going out of business or, or the, the income of the company doesn't create a value greater than its assets. Right. You might be just piecemealing it off. Yes. So, uh, the second approach would be a market approach mm-hmm. and think of the market approach is like selling your house, you know, mm-hmm. choosing real estate every day. Right. So if I got a house on this corner, that's 1500 square feet and three bedrooms, two car garage and sold for $150,000. And there's an exact same house on the other side of the street. It's probably worth the same, yeah. right? There's those things called comps. Yes. So we, um, we, we don't hang our hat on the market approach, but mm-hmm. certain businesses, you know, like the dental and HVAC companies. Right. There's, there's kind of some standardization. There is. There's kind of some standard stuff. So uh, we do take a look at that. And, but the main thing is the income approach. Um, mm-hmm. So here's what I want your listeners to walk away from. When I do the income approach, we hang our hat a lot on what we call the bankability method. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if I come up with a value for your company, let's just say a million dollars. Can you go to a bank, put down a reasonable down payment, in in my humble opinion, real estate aside, you should be able to pay for the company in five years. Mm-hmm. So if I set up a loan schedule, is there enough debt? Is there enough cash flow from the company to come up with a debt service coverage ratio mm-hmm. that's acceptable to the bank? Mm-hmm. What so and that bankers love that because mm-hmm. you're putting you know, you're you're giving them a a good deal to finance. Right. Mm-hmm. What rubs me wrong with a lot of other valuators is they'll do what's called a discounted cash, a, a future discounted cash flow method, mm-hmm. where they take the current, say the average three years has been four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Then they do a, a discounted future cash flow method, which says we think the company is going to grow three to five percent to infinity. Mm-hmm. And then they vow, and then they bring that back to a present value, and they may value the company say on seven or eight hundred thousand dollars in in cash flow, mm-hmm. and the company's only currently achieving four hundred. Right. 
So it comes up with a value of the company that's greatly overflated and it's not a bankable deal. Right. Um, and I had this. Yeah, it's, it's starting out in the hole. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a finance person and I get that. Here's the, here's the other trap you fall into then. Bankers are salesmen. Mm-hmm. And they will sell you a loan. So right. if there are any bankers listening, I apologize. But hey, I, I was they're a business. <clears throat> guess what? I only got a bonus if I made so many loans. So mm-hmm. right. So yep. Part of what'll happen is a lot of small business deals are financed by the SBA. Mm-hmm. So you can get an SBA 7A loan for on a 10-year Amort schedule. Mm-hmm. So the banker will take this inflated number and say, well, if we spread that out over 10 years, you right. still get acceptable debt service coverage oh, yeah. but you shouldn't be paying for this company for the next 10 years. No, you know, um, so a short story to back that up when I was buying companies, if I could work out a deal where I could pay for a company in three to five years, we had, a, you know, that was a trigger. That was a go. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. Um, in the book, I talk about me and my accountant used to butt heads because, um, he was very adamant, and to a certain extent, I agree, that you only pay for a company for the cash flow it's producing, mm-hmm. not what it's going to produce under you. Mm. So, um, to show you the other side of the fence, though, when Growmark bought my company, I mean, they have a whole acquisition department. You know, mm-hmm. they do this every day. Right. So, I got to know them pretty good. Mm-hmm. And when we was done... I said, what's your trigger? You know, what triggers you to buy this company? She said 33%. But it's 33% of the cash of the way they project the cash flow to Mm -hmm. be under them. Mm -hmm. So here's another very valid point for your business owners to think about. When I'm valuing a company, I'm doing a financial valuation. I am valuing the current cash flow of that business. Mm-hmm. If you're on the flip side, you said, let's talk about people buying a business. Okay. Well, if you're a first time buyer, there's really no strategic value probably for you to buy that company, mm-hmm. but look at Growmark buying me and me buying other companies. Mm-hmm. I knew from a strategic standpoint that when I buy another company, I'm going to wipe out a ton of their operating expenses, mm-hmm. you know, because right, you're consolidating and yeah. Yeah. so the strategic value of me buying another company is typically going to be far greater than the financial value of that company standing by itself. Mm-hmm. Does that make right. sense? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something very important for your listeners to recognize. And, and that's why, so here's another thing that, gets me going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were selling an HVAC company mm-hmm. and I, you know, you print off a list of HVAC contractors in the area. Right. And I got a hold of another company and he said, well, why would I want to buy that company? Because it's a hundred percent in the geography that I already cover. I'll just let them go out of business. Uh, and then no, take over. Uh huh. Don't do that. Why? I mean, I, and I, I talk about that and I, keep mentioning the book, but I talk about mm-hmm. it in the book. You, if that company goes out of business, yeah, maybe you do get 10 or 20% of their mm-hmm. business. But it, in my experience with buying companies, if you worked with the owner, paid him a fair price, 
Uh, you know, the old 80-20 rule, mm-hmm, 80% mm-hmm. of your income from 20% of your customers. Mm-hmm. If he would go with you to those 20% of the customers and say, hey, you know what? I sold my business to Terry because he's a good guy. And he's mm-hmm. going to treat you right. Give him a chance. Right. We would be 95% of mm-hmm. those customers. Yeah. And you're not going to have to hustle to no. try and get them. And it's kind of like a referral, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I we get most of our customers by referrals. And mm-hmm. if, if I get a customer by referral, it's like, He's that person's going to use you. Right. Well, and a lot of times it's, it's such a seamless transition. People don't even know. I mean, you know, my, my home security company, good example. I think I've been through three different owners, but never really realized it until the bill was being paid to a different company. You know, they, this one bought that one and this one bought that one. And it was like, Oh, okay. Service was uninterrupted. You know, I I did get new contact information in case I needed needed something, you know, all those various things. But it was so much easier for me to just stay with the new people yeah. than to go and find somebody new. Yep. So so back to the 33%, it, it falls back to what I was talking about with if you're going to buy a company, you should, you know, in most circumstances, be able to pay for that company in three to five years. Mm-hmm. But be aware of looking at it from a financial perspective mm-hmm. versus a strategic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I, t- I talk about a story in the book where uh, I had a company, I, I had four, five bulk plants, but two, I had two offices that were 30 miles apart. Mm-hmm. And I had a competitor that was right smack dab in the middle of me. Mm-hmm. And so for us, a bulk plant is a petroleum storage facility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sold fuel to farmers, truckers, excavating at two and 4,000 gallon trucks. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a storage facility of, 100, 150,000 gallons. Mm -hmm. So this competitor was right in the middle of them two offices, bulk plants, and he had a a bulk plant also. Mm. He wanted what I perceived from a financial value, about $100,000 too much for his company. Oh, but but from a strategic standpoint, Mm. he was a Mm self-operator, so it's just one truck. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I bought that company, I was literally, I was going to wipe out 90% of his operating expenses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his true cash flow was really right. a gross profit for me. So from a strategic standpoint, mm-hmm. it was still a good deal. Right. But more importantly than the value of the company is I did not, this was an area. So this was an area where I had very high customer concentration mm-hmm. and no uncertain circumstances did I want a competitor to come in and buy yes. that company and have mm-hmm. a bulk plant right in the middle of my mm-hmm. heavy. Oh, definitely. Well, know. and it, and it could have been a big company that had yeah. a lot of resources that they could throw at really taking the business away from you. Yeah. So did I pay him a hundred thousand dollars too much? Yes, I did. And I tore down the bulk plant and nobody ever, you know, nobody was going to build a new one there mm-hmm. just the way it is. And uh, it worked out very well. Right. So, just, you know, those are some good examples, but mm-hmm. I think the main thing out of that is, you know, there's just a lot of steps. So mm-hmm. do you know the value of your company? Right. What is your retirement number? Do you have mm-hmm. a financial advisor mm-hmm. and you know, what's your number? What do you need? And is the value of your company right now going to get you there? Mm -hmm. If it's not going to get you there, then an acquisition maybe is a great way to Mm -hmm. grow the company. Um, But that's really, I talk about that a lot in the book. That's Mm -hmm. part of what our our coaching program is, is the helping you build your Mm -hmm. team of people. Mm -hmm. I've got an issue going on in my house right now. So I I had an HVAC contractor over um, 
and we got into a conversation and um, he doesn't know the value of his business. He -hmm. says, Oh, I got about eight years left. And then like, I started asking and uh, and he's like, he's just coming up with, you know, how many business owners are listening right now that I don't know the true value of my Mm -hmm. business. It's Mm -hmm. not what uncle Bob's friend's neighbor told you. Right. You know, is you know what is a realistic mm-hmm. value of your company even if you've got eight years left mm-hmm. you know is that going to get you mm-hmm. to your retirement goal right i tell another story in a book about it was just when i started innovative a guy calls me on the phone he's like well, i don't need to talk to a business broker you know i don't need a business broker but i i, I wouldn't mind asking you a couple questions so, <laughs> i said well bring your financial statements you know and he didn't have financial statements he just had tax returns that's mm-hmm. another red flag right yeah so um, him and his wife come to the office and uh, they have a small business with about $1.2 million a year in sales. Mm-hmm. So he throws the tax returns on my desk, you know, and it's like, you're supposed to have an answer in two minutes. Mm-hmm. But I, I look over things and you he know, wanted you to look at that bottom number and yeah, you mm-hmm. got to get to the true cash flow of the company. So that's another thing we can talk about. But I said, is there any personal expenses that you take out of the company? you know, that a new owner wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. He said, Nope, mom takes care of the books and everything's squeaky clean. I'm like, all right. So I kind of look things over and you add back to depreciation. And if there's no personal expenses or anything to normalize or add back. And I said, well, I don't know. I think the company's probably worth around $250,000. Mm-hmm. He looks up at the ceiling. She looks out the window and it's got that eerie silence, right? Uh, and you're thinking, I've said something wrong. <laughs> yeah, the next thing you know, there's a tear running down mom's eye. Oh, like, no. Okay, time out, time out. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And he said, well, my company's got over $1.2 million a year in sales. I thought right. for sure the company was easily worth over a million dollars. And it's like, no, that's, you know... It goes yeah. the value, the company goes off the cash flow. Mm-hmm. And about that time, the mom speaks up and she says, well, you know, our credit card bill is $5,000 a month. I'm like, well, there you go. That's $60,000, you right. know? So, and, and she said that credit card bill is, you know, groceries, gas, mm-hmm. restaurants, you know, stuff like that, all personal stuff. Right. So stuff that, that they shouldn't yeah. be coming out of the business, but that's a different. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story, right? Uh-huh. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the company maybe was probably worth a half million dollars, mm-hmm. but guess when they wanted to exit their business? Soon. In the next three months, uh-huh. you know. So, uh-huh. she, had, uh, she had a cruise in mind, right? Yeah. So that's just a sad story. I mean, it's a, a, the, <clears throat> nobody wants to talk about exit planning, but right. I call it the ostrich syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, to, you got to get your head out of the sand. Right. So... Here's another thing we talked, we touched on financial statements and cash flow. I have two mantras that I talk about all the time. One, your company is not about sales and net income. It's about gross profit and cash flow. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your sales are. How much money are you making? Mm-hmm. You know? And then the other thing, when you're selling your company, I don't care what you sell your company for. It's all about how much money do you get to keep right. taxes after mm-hmm. you sell the company. Mm-hmm. So those are two very, very important things mm-hmm. uh, to remember. The So when you write a book, I used a book coach and you're supposed to write a first, first page, you know, something that's going to grab you. Mm-hmm. So my first, first page is about an actual company that I bought. The purchase price was over, was well over a million dollars. 
And me and the owner, the owner and I had worked out the purchase price Mm -hmm. and we was working on a purchase agreement and there's this tricky little thing called the allocation of assets. Mm -hmm. So let's just say it was a million dollars. You can agree that the value of the company to sell it for a million dollars, but how you allocate that purchase price to the assets of the company can have a huge tax implication. Mm -hmm. So the buyer you're buying a company, you will always want to put as much value on the equipment as possible mm-hmm. because then you can redepreciate it off. Mm-hmm. If you're the seller, you'll want to put as much value of that company to goodwill. Right. <laughs> because the tax difference, and I'm, I'm not, again, get your CPAs mad at me. You know, I'm not a CPA, but let's just say capital gains tax is, you know, your or ordinary income is going to be around 40% mm-hmm. and tax on goodwill is probably going to be 15 to 18%. Yeah. So I, I like that number better. Exactly. So what my two accountants were button heads about mm-hmm. was the allocation of the assets mm-hmm. because I needed as much value on the equipment as possible. I mean, not it all, because we wanted to redepreciate it, but also right. for banking purposes. Mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. for the collateral of the loan. Mm-hmm. And the other accountant was obviously wanting to get as much more, much more in goodwill because of tax implications. So um, it was a very r- real thing and it was very heated discussions. And oh, finally yeah. I had to call the, the seller and, and uh, say, look, this is the way it's gotta be. You gotta mm-hmm. tell your, your CPA to back off. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really tricky, you know? So we trademarked the name. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm very happy. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but I think the book's going to get picked up by a publisher. So, uh, and we plan on creating a series of Mm -hmm. books. You don't know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. my byline on my book is everything you need to know to buy or sell a business. Mm -hmm. My partner has a book written all canned up and ready to go. So his book will be, you don't know what you don't know. And it's going to be something like um, the steps to uh, get top dollar for your business. But Mm -hmm. the basic of the book is, Mm -hmm. He talks about this is, and it's a true story. Obviously don't mention names, but it was one business that decided to sell the business on his own mm-hmm. and another business that went through a broker mm-hmm. and just the contrast and, and how things were handled, you know, so I'm not trying to promote us as a broker, but man, to the true essence of, you don't know what you don't know. There's a lot of, right. there's so many, mm-hmm. there's so many landmines in selling a business that, if you use somebody that, um, you know, to help you through it, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you, you mentioned selling a house. We always think that our house is worth, and, and you know, and, and you even been, you know, mentioned it with these, you know, the, the other examples. As the business owner, we always think it's worth more, you know, especially because we put our blood, sweat, tears, everything we've had into it for maybe most of our life. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, we're, we're going to value it here. And, you know, that, that unbiased third party, which is the broker, which is the advisor, you know, all, whoever you end up working with, they're the ones that are, as you said, bring them back, you know, back to earth. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and there are so many things that you have to deal with as you're going through either buying or selling a business. We just don't know, you know, we don't know. Like you said, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and, and and so we, you know, there's there's no way that unless you've done this a lot, that yeah. you know everything. 
And of course, then then you have so many things that fall into play with taxes, um, obviously federal and then state. I mean, what the heck if you're in two different states? You know, we've got a lot of foreign investors that, that listen to this program. Okay, that's a totally different bailiwick. So that's where it is good to work with, you know, a company like yours who knows all of that or can find it out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, a non-financial thing that really affects the value of the business of a business is recurring income. Mm-hmm. Companies with recurring income will always sell for a higher multiple than transactional companies. Mm-hmm. So that's why with Innovative, we're kind of making a subtle shift. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be the brokerage side, mm-hmm. but we're really wanting to build up our CEO to CEO program. Mm-hmm. And we just came up with the logo and that's really all come about in the past three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not even on our website yet, I don't think. But I didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. But a coaching program has recurring revenue. And mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting is I can find people and teach, you know, retired CPAs, you know, teach people to teach mm-hmm. our coaching program. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to people that don't know their finances because it's normal. But it's hard to teach somebody how to do brokering. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much experience and, you know, I mean, I've bought companies contract for deed. I've bought companies, you know, separate by the, what you pay for the business and the real estate was different and, you know, hundred percent bank financing mm-hmm. I've done two companies on earnouts, you know, so that's mm-hmm. a way to sell a company too. Those two mm-hmm. companies were distressed mm-hmm. and wasn't sure who I would get to keep or whatever. So uh, we gave them, 25% of the gross profit for the customers that we kept for one year. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a pretty fair deal for them because otherwise they was going to close the door, right. you know, and get nothing. Right. So there's just, there's a lot of ways to skin mm-hmm. a cat, as they say, you know, and it is, it is complicated, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you toss in the fact, like you said, you know, with maybe a family member that's involved or, you know, worse, what if you've got family members that you're <clears throat> selling the business away from? You know, they've worked there forever and, oh, golly gee, dad, what do you mean I'm not going to get the company? Um, you know, or no. maybe you want to do it as, you know, employees are purchasing the business. I mean, you know, that, yeah. like you said, there's just so many different ways to think of all of this. So here's another one that I run into quite a bit also <clears throat> is, and I'll bet you any money you have a couple of listeners right now in exactly this position. They know who they want to sell their company to. Right. And it is. It's a sibling or a key employee mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm selling my business to Bob. Mm-hmm. So it comes time for Bob to buy the business. But guess what? Bob has $10,000 and that's it. Yes, exactly. Bob don't have no money. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've run into bankers and they call that all of the knowledge and none of the money. Mm-hmm. So, um please be aware of that. I mean, I worked with a company for two years and we just, they uh, just finished a transaction. Dad was selling it to his son, but that was a big problem. Mm-hmm. And the dad ended up financing a good chunk mm-hmm. of it just right. because the kid wasn't bankable, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, um, so that is, it's something, gosh, there's so many things. It's, it's just a, like I said, it, it can, it can be as simple as mm-hmm. simple can be, or it can be a landmine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fastest company I bought was in three days. Wow. And, but I'm uh, guessing they had all of their ducks in a row. They uh, planned. No, actually oh. that was one of the distressed companies that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about it on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<coughs> called him and the guy said uh, it was a deal or there was a death. So mm-hmm. one of the five D's. Mm-hmm. He willed the company to his niece or something. Mm-hmm. And she Who had wanted no part of it, right? Well, and she was started losing money like crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was going to close the business on Friday. Mm-hmm. This was a friend helping her. Oh. I said, what are you doing with the business? We're closing the doors on Friday. What are you doing with your customers? I'm telling them to go someplace else. It's like, yeah. whoa, hold the door. I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's, I guess there's a couple of things that are really, uh, there's another situation where there's going to get no value from the company. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're the buyer and you got your ears open, you can, I mean, you can really end up with some sweet right. deals. Right. You know, that particular and- business I ended up with um, just a ton of commercial accounts, asphalt plants, concrete plants, mm-hmm. the city. And the thing of it is, you would, I would have never, ever gotten them customers just by with a salesman right. calling on them. Mm-hmm. I switch. You know, just like you with your security company. Mm-hmm. Like, Why would you want to go through the hassle? Mm-hmm. You know, and the other security company is probably going to be about the same price. Mm-hmm. So there's just not a great incentive there. Right. So. You know, and we're not talking about taking advantage of people <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and especially in, say, a situation of a death or something like that. You know, it's, you, you still want to be fair to them, you know, but you, there, there is probably going to be an advantage to you. I mean, you know, let's be honest, it's, it, that's the way the business world works. Yeah. I had another situation with the death. Um, we had found out that a company was wanting to sell. so. My father and I went and talked to him. It, it's kind of sweet, actually. You know, it's an older couple. It, it, poor planning. Never turns business over to his son, and his son was quitting. So they're in their 70s, and they have this oil company. And we meet at their house, and everything's orange, you know, so it's all, like, from the 1970s. And we had a great conversation with them. And about two weeks goes by, and I never heard back from him. So I gave gave him a call, and... The mom, you know, answers the phone. Sylvester's mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sylvester Oil Company. And you're like, okay, that's new. Yeah. So uh, I said, hi, Mrs. Sylvester. I said, um, you know, told him who it was. We had had a conversation with you and Alex, your husband, and and just curious what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I'm so happy you called. Alex had a stroke and he can't talk. Oh, no. So mm-hmm. and she's like, so another, it was a smaller company. She's mm-hmm. like, it was very cold in wintertime. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and our truck won't start. And I have customers that need deliveries. Taking care of them for us. Mm -hmm. So this was like February. Finally, you know, I get to April and I'm like, Mrs. Sylvester, I have to pay you something for this company. Mm -hmm. So again, it was, a you know, I I didn't take advantage of her. We paid her for a company. Importantly, Mm -hmm. we helped her dismantle the company because Mm -hmm. You know, this poor lady's in her mid seventies. Dealing with her husband—that's you know. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, just you got a plan. Don't be, don't have the ostrich syndrome. Get your right. head out of the sand and, right. and wake up. So here's another thing that I see often, and I, and I talked about it with this guy yesterday because he had bought the business from a previous person. I call it the glider effect. I'm, I'm showing you on your screen. I'm coasting. But no, think about it. So a glider doesn't have an engine, right? Mm-hmm. So I see a ton of situations where the owner 
took his foot off the gas mm-hmm. five years ago, mm-hmm. and it's just gone. Yeah, yeah well, because without lost. an engine, it is going to go down. Yeah, so it's lost $100,000, $200,000 in cash flow. So, you know, if a typical company, you're gonna, you know, if you're going to get three multiple for it, you know, and you lost $200,000 in cash flow, that's six hundred grand that just right. went out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, I valued a dental practice, and oh, my God, the value of it went from, like, Three million to a million Ooh. in five years. Just, I said, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm tired, dude. I just don't want to work the hours." I'm yeah. Like, so he cut back his hours, which cut back <laughs> the income, and yeah. So, um, you know, he should have sold the company mm-hmm. a couple of years prior, right. and literally could have walked away with a couple more million dollars in his pocket. Right. Right. So, well, uh, and it's interesting. One of the things that I have have learned through all of this is, you know. Maybe maybe I'm not going to sell my business, and and my business is pretty much me. So I'm not even sure that you know there's anything there's there's obviously asset value, but there's not you know and and so you know, but I still should be thinking like I'm going to, because then. I'm going to be planning for growth. I'm going to be doing strategic planning. I'm going to be doing all of those things that as a good business owner, I should be doing no matter what. And I think that's the, the thing that, that I really want to emphasize to people is, you know, you might, you might really not want to sell your business. I mean, you know, whatever it is, you might just not want to sell it. You might be one of those people that's that I'm going to work till the day I die. Um, but, you know, you, you still should be thinking how can I value this business or, or, you know, so that somebody actually might want to buy it, you know, and, you know, and, and just to have those good solid business practices along the way that, that you should be doing no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, there is, to a certain extent, you also want to say it's not all about you. Right. What, what if, what if you, what if, you know, so your business is basically you, unfortunately, mm-hmm. my business is still like that also, but you know, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, how, how's, who's going to run it? What, right. What's going to happen? Right. So, um, you meant, I don't want to change gears. No, on there you. is kind of an, almost the, the exit planning strategy. I mean, you know, say the business doesn't get sold. Well, somebody still needs to, to, to close it is maybe the easiest way to put that. Um, you know, and, and so you, you should take those steps so that your employees, your loved ones, your whoever aren't yeah. having to go, well, what's the it, password to her computer? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Not only that, it can be your customers. Right. We ran across an insurance company where the owner was single, single owner insurance mm-hmm. company. <clears throat> and he suddenly passed away mm-hmm. had a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew the passwords. Right. Look, nobody could service mm-hmm. his customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a disaster. They couldn't notify them that they were going to have to find somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is important. Um, mm-hmm. There was another thing I wanted to talk about for your buyers mm-hmm. that may be listening. We talked about a strategic acquisition. So, mm-hmm. I own an HVAC, like, a HVAC company and I want to buy another one. Mm-hmm. Or I own a security company and I want to buy another mm-hmm. one. We have a lot of people that come to us and say, I want to buy a company. Mm-hmm. And I want to become a business owner. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the typical person is working in corporate America. They're 40 years old. They've got a big 401k or, you know, they got some cash mm-hmm. and they want to buy a business. Right. Because so they're they tired of working for the man. That's right. What kind of business do you want to buy? 
Well, a profitable know, one. And, <laughs> and it has a nice growth trend to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, good luck, you and everybody else too. Right. So, but here's what I would we label those type of buyers as time killers mm-hmm. because they don't know what they want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be nervous about it. And they're the looky loos. Yep. And as soon as they get to the end of the diving board, they're not going to jump. No. So if you're, you know, if you're one of those people that wants to buy a business and um, you know, you're working in corporate America or like you said, working for the man, do some research in what you want to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, know, know what you're looking for. Because the other problem that you're going to have with a lot of banks on the bankability side of it is, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not going to want to sell. They're not going to want. They're not going to want to lend you the money to buy that company if you don't have any experience. Right, that. right. You know, why would I? You know, why would a bank want to lend me money to buy an HVAC company if I don't have the foggiest idea what HVAC means? <laughs> how, how it works. So, right. <clears throat> that 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 is a big deal. Um, another thing to think about, and it's one of the non-financial things that we talk about: the working capital that it takes to buy a company. Mm-hmm. So think of buying a company as writing two checks. You write one check for the value of the company, but then you also have to have another check to support the accounts receivable, inventory, mm-hmm. right. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's Because the day you take that business over, you got bills to pay. You know, or another thing to think about for the business owner, and I mean, this does apply if you're the buyer, and I can give you some quick examples, is... If you're the buyer and you're financing that purchase and uh, we sold a drilling company and they had about a $500,000 accounts receivable and their accounts receivable days were about 90. So that means mm-hmm. it takes 90 days to churn that accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the, our buyer came from a family business, um, but you know, you're going to have to fund that half million dollars mm-hmm. because and, you know, because you have a lot of bills to pay mm-hmm. in that 90 days, you know, employees, wages and the like bill and everything else before your money starts flowing. So mm-hmm. that could affect. So as we're kind of go back to the buyer that could affect who buys your company and what mm-hmm. you ultimately get for your company, mm-hmm. because somebody's got to also may have to also finance that accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. Right. And for your business owners that are listening, that's some of the key ratios that we love to teach people is accounts receivable days, inventory days, and payable days. Mm-hmm. Um, those can all be very important because I'll give an example of my company. Back in the day, you got to pay for fuel in 10 days. Our average receivable was like 27, our average, uh, I mean, our average payable, and in total, our average payables were like 12 days, mm-hmm. and our average receivables were 27. Mm-hmm. So there's 15 days that you have to fund. Right. Mm-hmm. And if your sales are a hundred thousand dollars a day, that's one point five million. Mm-hmm. You know, when we sold the company, our sales were well over two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a day. So that's three million dollars that whoever bought my company was going to be writing a mm-hmm. check for. You know, the fund right. that accounts receivable and the million dollars worth of inventory that mm-hmm. I got. Right. You know, so that that. You well, know, as it was, it was a very big company that bought it. It didn't matter, but it could. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, that's where 
it, it gets tricky is to, to do that due diligence. You know, you might think, Ooh, that looks cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I worked for a company when I was first out of college that, um, you know, great company worked for them for, for quite a while, but we were, we wrote software for the government for, and, and for, for two big branches of the government you know, it was great working with them, you know, we, and, and, and the nice thing was, I mean, they had their procedures. And part of my responsibility was invoicing. Now, the problem was the government never, ever pays quickly. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, and I mean, that's just the nature of that beast. And if there was one tiny little thing wrong on an invoice, <laughs> not only did they not pay you, they didn't tell you. And yeah. so we had to have a really big line of credit to, that just kind of rolled with all of that. And, you know, and, and so, you know, for somebody who might be thinking about buying that business, they would need to know, okay, they've got yeah. this huge amount of sales, but it's with people who pay 120 days. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, and it really well, was 120 it- days often. Here's another thing to think about also, because I've, I've run into this before from buying companies. Um, you'll want, you need to look at the age to count receivable. Like you said, mm-hmm. so it, this is a government. You're not going to get into paying it quicker. But right. I've also run into situations where the previous, the seller, mm-hmm. is very lackadaisical about collecting his receivables. Right. For all of his customers. Yeah. yeah, they might put, you know, net 10 on their invoices, but yeah. Yeah, 30 45. I like you, Bob. You can pay in 50 days. <laughs> yeah. If you, but if you're going to buy that business mm-hmm. and you have a set policy, mm-hmm. and you know, say you got to pay in 30 days or 10 right. days, mm-hmm. and all these guys are out here at 60 or 90 days, mm-hmm. they're not going to be happy. Uh-uh. And, and this is this is what kills you. And believe me, I've had this happen a thousand times. You buy the company, you take that customer that's paying in 90 days, and you try and wrangle him back into 30 days, and he gets mad and quits. Right. And he goes to your competitor, mm-hmm. who he pays in 30 days. Uh-huh. I know. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, so be, be wary of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cu- you know, customer concentration is also another one. So mm-hmm. uh, be, be cautious that, you know, not, you know, that you have an 80, 20 situation mm-hmm. and not that three of the customers are the top, you know, 95% of sales. Right. But you know, another thing that we haven't touched on um, that's really non value financial related culture. Mm. Culture is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And especially with the shortage of employees that are coming up, Mm -hmm. um, I talk to a lot of people that they want to learn about the culture of the company before they ever even care about looking Mm -hmm. at the financials. Mm -hmm. You know, what's employee turnover? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, is it okay if Bob or Susie's 10 minutes late to work because mm-hmm. they had to take a kid to school or they had a kid yeah. that was sick. Yeah. Or what if they, mm-hmm. you know, can they leave Do early people to go work to from home? You know, yeah. all that various stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's getting to be a very, very mm-hmm. um, important aspect. I bet. You know, and it's something that how can you, if you're valuing a company, mm-hmm. how, would that, yeah. how do you put a value on that? You know, mm-hmm. But so, but you're right. It, it definitely needs to be mentioned. And, you know, and, and so as you're doing the due diligence, you know, maybe you discover that yeah. every other Friday, you know, half of the workforce is home. You know, they're going to work from home or you know, whatever it is. 
Yeah. You know, is that the way you want to do business? You know, and yeah. and all of those various things. Uh, we're I know we're getting close to the end. But there's just so many things. It's funny. Another thing that popped into my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, due due diligence. You know, you brought up due diligence. Mm-hmm. Due diligence questions are absolutely important mm-hmm. because it, you know if that skeleton's in the closet. If you want to ask about mm-hmm. it, they're probably not going to bring it up. You right. know. Uh, oh yeah, especially if it might be a little yeah questionable. I, uh, we ended up buying a company after I sold the oil company. Ended up buying another company, and it was uh, in a field that I wasn't familiar with, but mm-hmm. the partner I was buying him with was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't. He never bought a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I'm used to buying bulk plants and trucks and kicking mm-hmm. tires, and I knew what I was looking at mm-hmm. if it was good, bad, or otherwise. We bought this company. Didn't think about asking what's the phone system like. How old mm-hmm. are the computers? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had software for the business that they was in, mm-hmm. but nobody was properly trained on it. Right. Nobody had gotten a raise in like five years. Oh, so more than we bought it. Everybody's coming with their hand out yeah. because they're all kind of underpaid. Mm-hmm. So. Man, like I said, there's just a lot of tricky questions. I don't want to scare people off from doing it, but, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you do your research on what you're buying. Right. Well, and there are obviously benefits to buying an existing business. Um, you know, we, we, all, we all love the thought of being the entrepreneur, but there's also an awful lot of people who aren't. Entrepreneur, they don't want to start from scratch, you know, and, and, you know, or, or maybe they're, you know, buying multiple businesses, or as you said, you know, buying, buying, um, you know, expanding, doing, doing acquisitions, you know, all of these various things. And so it really does make sense to, to think about all of these, um, you know, and, and even if you're perfectly happy with where you are right now, you'll think about, okay, in 10 years, we'll be retired. What yeah. do we want to be doing? You know, and, and maybe it is that we have a small, you know, another small home-based business or, or something like that. So, so you start planning for it now. Maybe you're starting to save for that. I mean, whatever it yep. is, be thinking about that. It's the first chapter in my book. I'll talk about buying existing business, businesses versus trying to start something from scratch. Mm-hmm. And again, not, you know, from the buyer's perspective, again, you know, think of the glider path. Think of the, you know, I talk about some good deals I got on buying companies. A lot of those people are on the glider path. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, um, if they've got some good employees and stuff, uh, there's a really good possibility that you buy that company and you put, you know, <coughs> the owner's getting older, so he doesn't update equipment. He doesn't mm-hmm. update software. And you come back in, you know, the, he's, he lets down on the marketing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, there's just so many situations you can come in buy a company mm-hmm. and get a good bump mm-hmm. up in the first couple of years, Mm -hmm. just by putting some energy back into the Mm -hmm. company, if that's a fair word. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, if they're wanting to sell the business, you know, it's kind of like the short timer syndrome, you know, you know that you've given your two week notice. And, and so you're just going to kind of do, do enough to make sure that you can still get through those two weeks. You know, it's, it's not that you're going to sit there and not do anything, but yeah. you know you and and so now you know and and that's obviously for the people who are you know have have said okay we're selling the business it's you know but but yeah you know it's 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 great and so it's it's to me it, it comes back to your book 
You just yeah. don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and so I love it. I, I have not had the opportunity to, to read your book yet. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. But, you know, it's, it's, I'm, it is available. I have the page up here on my other monitor. It is available on Amazon. Um, but, uh, you know, you can get information on your website. So tell us a little bit more about your company and what you do. Yeah. So uh, Innovative Business Advisors, uh, the book is a, is a great, it, it's, it's a must read for business owners. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not long. It's a short little book. There's questions at the end of each chapter that as I uh, was reading it, all right, that was the last thing I did in writing the book was write those questions. And that was really the aha of, you know what, if you read this book, you're going to learn something. But, you know, we help people buy and sell companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we do business valuations and coaching all across mm -hmm. the country via Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't have to be local to the St. Louis area where I happen mm -hmm. to live. Go Cardinals. And we have the Stanley Cup, St. Louis Blues. Um if you go to the website, there is a ton of information. Uh, there is. Of, There's lots of resources there. Lots of podcasts that I've been on. Um, this is the best, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's notable, not to self-promote, but uh, the book was listed in Forbes magazine wow. as one nice. of the top 10 go-to books for business in 2019. Ooh, so I the love it. I'd like to bring up real quick mm -hmm. is uh, if, if there's people out there and they need a speaker mm -hmm. for an association event or whatever. I do want to get more into the public speaking realm. And uh, there, you could watch a clip of the, of me speaking on the media page of our website. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, I do a couple different things, whatever people are talking about. The main things I've been talking about with with uh, the speaking is valuation mm -hmm. and getting to the true cash flow of a company and talking about the non-financial things that affect the value of the company. Mm -hmm. So um, that can be pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, you, it, this has been great. You know, and, and it's it's fun. I always know it's going well when I'm, and, and I'm, I message my, you know, for people who are watching or listening, I message my guests throughout the thing. And when I'm doing the just five minutes left, I always know it's going well. And I'm like, oh, there's just five <laughs> minutes left. Um, you know, and, and to me, this, it's, it's just fun to be talking about this. Um, you know, as I said, whether you're wanting to buy a business, sell a business, it's, it's still well, things that you should be thinking about. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, if people are involved with associations, mm -hmm. um, Gosh, it's a, it would you it, it, a remarkable panel session, you know, because right. just to get people to open up and ask questions about it. I mean, you know what? It's it's just funny what I do. What we do is um, you're trying to sell a company, but not tell anybody that's for sale. Right. You know? Oh yeah, because you don't want to lose your customers and or your employees. Yeah. So go to have give me a call and speak at your association meeting where you don't have to be afraid that you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to your local chamber and ask about selling a company. It's like, you're selling your company? Yeah. And, and be, mm -hmm. If you're the seller, <clears throat> don't be upset about it. Mm -hmm. It's a natural process. You, right. You're going to exit your business. Mm -hmm. it, 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 trust me, it's funny. I mean, I had a pretty big company and um, people talked about it for about three months and then poof, it's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I, your employees want to know that they're still going to have a job. Or that there's a plan for them. I mean, you know, because they might not still have a job. I mean, you know, we mentioned right. the fact that, you know, sometimes you're consolidating. So maybe you have four accountants and you need one, um, yep. you know, and, and so they want to know that they're going to be treated fairly. 
Um, you know, and, and then the customers, same thing. They want to know that all of a sudden you're not going to triple their rates, all of those various things. Yeah. It's funny. I, we always put, this was back in the day before emails, you know, so much. So I'm showing my age a little bit, but, uh, we would mail out a letter mm -hmm. and the company that we bought in their envelope mm -hmm. with a letter from the owner on top that says, Hey, I sold my company to this guy, you know, give him a chance and a letter from us behind that saying, Hey, welcome you as a new customer. We'll take care of you. We got all the products and everything that, you know, the prior person did. Mm -hmm. And inevitably the first thing that comes to their mind is where am I going to get my fuel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? They just want to know that they're taken care of. <laughs> and that's why it is important to go touch those customers mm -hmm. right out of the gate, because if right. you don't, your competitor will mm -hmm. be. So, and for uh, those of you that might be buying or selling a company, you talked about the employees. That is a big thing. My favorite words while I was going through any process was to the employees, keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. just, yes, there's going to be some change, but mm -hmm. just keep an open mind. Right. We'll get through this, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. And you might lose people, you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, maybe they weren't the best people anyway. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah, from, you know, it, it's funny. We're about to go overtime and that's fine because, you know, it's, it, we, it's my program. I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> I was with a big company that went through several mergers and acquisitions and, and I was head of corporate communications. All the employees wanted to know was what was going on. Not the, not the nitty gritty details, but just a little bit about what was going on. Because the problem is, if you don't tell them, they make it up. Yeah, and, you're, you know, you're, because, you're, you know, right. but, yeah, God, you know, it's yeah. like, and, and, and anything happens. I mean, you know, you decide to take half the day off. Yeah. Well, it's because you're going to meet the person right. who's buying it. No, yeah. you just, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's best always, always communicate with everybody. Yep. I agree 110%. Matt, you could, we could go on for another 15 minutes. We could. We could. Nah. Hour. We could go for another hour, and, which just means, Terry, that we need to have you on again um, because this is, it's, it's, to me, like I said, it's a fun topic. I love talking about it. But until the next time we chat, is there anything that you want to leave our, our uh, listeners and our viewers with? Oh, just do your, do your due diligence and plan, 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 mm -hmm. know the value of your company, have a realistic expectation. Um, got any questions? Give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 654-530-8922. The website is www.innovativeboyapple.com. Perfect. I love it. Well, I really have been having so much fun talking with Terry Lammers today. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Have fun. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.